Oh yeah, I thought we should look into this Isaiah 61 and, and really think about it. I'm going to go ahead and start to read it here. Isaiah 61 is absolutely amazing, and I want you to hear it in its entirety because it's really something else, especially on the 20th anniversary of the terrorist attacks on 9-11. Isaiah 61, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. That's a good word for today for those families we've heard about. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations." Aliens will shepherd your flocks, foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and on their riches you will boast. Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. So they will inherit a double portion in their land, and everlasting joy will be theirs. Hallelujah. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and iniquity. In my faithfulness I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge they are a people the Lord has blessed. Hallelujah. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for He has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom adores his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations." Lord God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this prophetic and amazing, powerful passage of scripture, Isaiah 61, Lord God. And no matter what comes against us, Lord, even in this valley and in the families that you love in this valley, Lord God, we still will declare the year of the Lord's favor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. I can remember the morning my mother called me and she woke me up. 9-11-2001. And I've never heard my mother have a voice like that. I've never heard my mother cry like that. And she said, Son, they're attacking us. And it took me a moment because I was asleep. And she said, Son, we're being attacked. They're attacking us. I can't believe it. Turn on your television right now. And here, 
I was probably right about the time I was about to meet you, hon. And uh, I turned on my television and I couldn't believe what I had seen. It almost reminded me of what my grandparents must have gone through with Pearl Harbor, actually having America attacked on our own homeland. And I used to think how lovely it is to have the Pacific and the Atlantic on each side as a nice buffer zone. So we'd have enough time to be able to, you know, ward off any attacks. But here, it was internal. And I remember thinking, Lord, why is this happening to us? Lord, how, how could something so terrible happen? You know, how, how, how is this even possible in this nation? And I even began to question even the airlines. Like, how could they have let this ha- I, There were so many questions I had in my own mind. How is this even possible in this country? How is this even possible for the nation that's done the most, in my mind, for missionary work, spreading the gospel around the, the world, being a light for the Lord, and on and on. How is this even possible this is happening? But you know... Recently, I was telling my wife a story about an officer that uh, shot a bad guy. And it was a bad guy in Florida that tried to kill two officers, but they were able to gain the upper hand and they eliminated him. And the sheriff got on the TV and said, you might be wondering why so many bullets were used to eliminate this perpetrator. And he said, and I'll tell you one thing, dead is not dead enough when it comes to evil. <laughs> And I began to think evil is a very true reality in our world. And the devil, the devil is always active. He's always working on a new plan. He always has something going on in the world. And there was an awesome Christian musician and almost like an actor. You might have heard of him. His name was Carmen. I believe he passed away. Carmen had an awesome what would you even call it? I don't know if it's a song or a skit or a play. He had this awesome act, and it was called Revival in the Land. And the demon goes before the devil and says, we have a problem in Sector 12. I'm going to ad-lib a little bit because I don't remember exactly. And the devil starts seeing portions of his like kingdom coming down, and he says, what's going on up there? And the demon says, well, sir, there's something wrong. And the devil says to his demon, what's wrong? Is my, uh, uh, have my abortion clinics stopped running? And the demon says, oh no, sir. We're killing thousands of new uh, humans every week in the name of convenience. And he says, well, what's wrong? Is it my violence? Is that, is that slowing down? He goes, oh no, sir. We're growing that segment. By the time a child is a certain age, he's already seen 70,000 murders by the time they reach 12. And he said, well, what's wrong? Is it my drugs? Is it my, my alcohol? Oh, no, no, sir, sir. We're, <laughs> we're doing a great job getting new addicts every single day of every single day of the year. And he said, well, what's the issue? And the demon says, Christians on their knees praying for revival. And the devil gets off his throne. No! 
Well, they're bawling out the big guns on us. In that case, I'm going to have to do something to them. I'm going to fill them full of lust. I'm going to fill them full of this and that. And the demon says, I wouldn't try that. I wouldn't try that, Lord, because it says in Scripture that if they resist the devil, you must flee. And he goes, in that case, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And the, the, the demon keeps telling him, well, even Scripture says by, 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 their, by the Lord's blood, they're healed. So you can't touch them there either. And then the devil says, well, you know what I'm going to do then? I'm going to remind them of their past. And the demon says, I don't think that's a good idea, sir. All they have to do is remind you of your future. So 9-11, terrible day. But as Sister Vanette mentioned, nothing is a surprise for the Lord You always have to remember, no matter what comes against us, Isaiah 61, we will still live the year of the Lord's favor, no matter what. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that will matter is Christ Jesus, the victor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is victorious. He is the leader of our army. Hallelujah. The commander-in-chief. And we are coming against daily all of these things that come against us. We come against the power of darkness. We come against the power of viruses. We come against the power of sin and all of these things. Hallelujah. And if anything, like Carmen says, we just remind them of their future. Hallelujah. When the Lord says that Lucifer, death, Hades are literally thrown into the fiery lake. Hallelujah. That's the day that we wait for. And that's the day I'm so happy my friend John that I told you about this morning is sitting with Christ Jesus in heaven. Hallelujah. Because his name was written in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, hallelujah. So I wanted to mention this. This is very important to remember. Isaiah 61. Read through it. Read through it. And Jesus even says, come to me. Come to me, all of us who are you know, just always worried and laden down with all these things. He tells us all the time to come to him. And I say, go to Isaiah 61 and remember the amazing passage of Scripture. That one part just blows me away. I'm not going to be able to find it now, I bet, now that I want to find it. But that one part just blows me away that says we will literally be blessings to the world. We'll stick out like a sore thumb because of our God. Hallelujah. Yeah, I can't find I'm not even in the right spot. Dear Lord. And their offspring among the peoples, all who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. Is that you? Acknowledge that you are a people the Lord has blessed. Amen. I'll tell you today, God has a proclamation for His people, the people that inhabit this valley that represent Him, and that is, this is the year of the Lord's favor in your life. And the things that come against you, just like we spoke about earlier, you just come against it, amen? Just like when the Lord says, when the waves come against uh, the shoreline, and He says, this far you have come, and no further you will come. There are things in our lives we must say, you will halt right now like those proud waves of the sea. Amen. Praise the Lord. So first thing I wanted to mention this morning is this. Do not allow anything to take what the Lord has given you. Do you remember that song? 
It was something about I'm going to take back what the devil stole from me. Have you ever heard that? It's something. Do you remember, hon? Go ahead and sing it. Just kidding. It goes something like, I'm going to. Oh, it says, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me and I took back what he stole from me. But the next part says, he's under my feet. He's under my feet. That's where we need to place the devil in the year of the Lord's favor in your life. Where does he and his works belong? Under your feet. And the things that he tries to take from you, the blessings, the touch he put on your heart, the word he gave you, the prophecies that have been prophesied over your life. Sometimes you might want to forget and doubt these things and they start falling to the wayside. And then you say, no, wait a minute, I'm going to take back what the devil stole from me because I believe in God's promises and I have what God says I have in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Do not allow anything to take from you what the Lord has given you. Hallelujah. A lot can come against us, and I started thinking about this. No matter what has happened, the excitement factor can still be a part of 2021. The excitement factor can still be the day after the 9-11 terrorist attacks because we have a living hope, hallelujah, and his name is Jesus. And if you are in this family, your name is written in the same book of life as John Chorus, the Los Angeles Rolex director, and we will be together in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There's so much excitement because, I'll tell you why you can be excited, because the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on you. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on you, and He has poured out His anointing on you, and you will preach the good news of God in this valley, and the needs for the pastoral needs of this, uh, of this valley, the two towns, His two towns, Logandale and Overton, we have two going on here, we have double portion needs. What's the third? Moapa. It just hit me when I looked at you, Moapa. That's right. You will preach the good news in these areas. You will be the hands of Christ mending the brokenhearted. You will be the one helping those gain freedom that are locked and shackled. Like we said, a yoke that goes over your neck last week. You will be the one to help get the yoke off. You'll be the one calling people out of the grave, the spiritual grave like Lazarus. And the Lord said what? Take the bandages off. Take the... Take that, uh, that death clothing off. You'll start unwrapping people and unlocking their future in Christ Jesus. Those that are held prisoner, you'll help them get out of that, those spiritual prisons, bringing light to the, to the darkness and exposing the darkness in this valley. You can still proclaim the year of the Lord's favor today. Hallelujah. And because of that favor, it's rich with unlimited potential this year the potential, the mission field, all that has to be done. They say there's more sheep in New Zealand than there are humans. Now imagine the, ne- <laughs> imagine the needs of God's sheep that he has earmarked for his kingdom that need to be touched. And you could be that touch in their life. Hallelujah. Unlimited potential. We need to start elevating people into the heavenlies. Hallelujah. And this year can be the best and the most extraordinary year no matter what comes against God's people. 
Isaiah, he was prophesying one thing, and I wrote this down, and I couldn't help but enjoy every time I looked at it again and again. Isaiah was prophesying and remembering one major theme here, God's goodness. Don't you love that we have a good God? Hallelujah. Remembering God's goodness. I live in a constant state of thankfulness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All that you've given us, even those beautiful, the scenery on some of these uh, landscapes that you see, what an artist our God is. You thought Picasso was a big shot. You thought a Monet was amazing. We've seen, when, when I took the family to New York, we looked at that beautiful painting by Van Gogh, Starry Night. What the Lord has done is beyond anything that can be accomplished by man's hand. Hallelujah. Our God is good. He loves us. 1 Peter 2.3 Crave spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. We should start a coffee shop called the Lord's Latte. And we could put that on, we could put that on the side of the cup. Taste that the Lord is good. Oh, Hallelujah. There was one time when my daughter, when my daughter Kylie was a little girl, I saw her spying out one of these uh, shamrock shakes at uh, McDonald's. Did I tell you this story? Every once in a while they come up with this little mint shake and they call it the shamrock shake and I knew that she wanted it. And then one day she stayed home with me and uh, I, took, I took little Ryan to school but she was staying home with me that day. We were going to have a day together. And when I came back, I, I surprised her with that uh, shamrock shake and in our condo, there's an upstairs and a downstairs. And I was downstairs, and I called her. I said, Kylie, Kylie. And she came to the upstairs part and looked around. And I had that shamrock shake in my hand. And then I walked it up to her, and she held it. And she said, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> now, what would happen? Now, what would happen if I told her, just kidding, and I took it back from her? What would happen if a neighbor said, you know what, that's mine, and stole it from her? What would happen if it just got sat down somewhere and forgotten and never was enjoyed? There's so many things that can come between the sweet blessings that the Lord has given His people. Stolen, taken, forgotten, sent into inactivity. But I'll tell you one thing. My daughter taught me a lesson that day. There was nothing that would become in between her Nothing that would come in between her and that beautiful, sweet blessing. And may we have the same fervor to keep what the Lord has given us. Let nothing come in between the things that the Lord has given you. I wanted to mention this story that uh, Pastor Max Lucado said, talking about sweet blessings. When I think about sweet blessings, I think about what a blessing Jesus is to, to us personally. He says this, he says, on the night that Jesus was born, there's one word that describes that night. And he says, surprisingly, ordinary. It, ordinary night. The sky was ordinary. The gust that stirred the leaves in the air was ordinary. The chill in the air, ordinary. The stars and the diamonds sparkling on, sparkling on the black velvet sky, just like every other night. The sheep were ordinary, some of them fat, some of them scrawny, common animals, no history makers there, no blue ribbon winners. And the shepherds, they were all peasants, 
probably wearing clothes that they own, smelling like sheep themselves and looking just as woolly. An ordinary night with ordinary sheep, ordinary shepherds. But this is where God does his best work. He was the one that added the extra in front of that word ordinary that night. The night would have gone unnoticed if it wasn't for what the Lord had planned. Sheep would have been forgotten and the shepherds would have slept the night away like usual. But God dances amongst the common and amidst the common. And that night he did a waltz. The black black sky exploded with brightness. Trees that had just been shadows, they jumped into clarity. Uh, And the sheep that had been silent became a chorus of curiosity. One minute the shepherd was dead asleep, the next minute he was rubbing his eyes and staring into the face of an angel. That night was ordinary no more. The announcement went first to the shepherds. Had the angel gone first to the theologians, they might have consulted their commentaries first. Had he gone to the elite, they might have looked around to see if anybody was watching first. He had gone to the shepherds. Men who didn't know enough to tell God that angels don't sing to sheep and that messiahs aren't found wrapped in rags and sleeping in a feed trough. And Scripture reads this, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on the earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. We serve no ordinary Savior, and this will be no ordinary day, nor ordinary year. Hallelujah. Because of Christ Jesus. Jesus ended up reading Isaiah 61 in the synagogue years, years later. And he went into that synagogue and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind, the release of those oppressed, to to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then Jesus did something amazing. He said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Hallelujah. We have Jesus Christ, someone to cling to in all seasons. Nothing will become in between us and the Lord. Hallelujah. Our next point this morning is this. Make today and every day the best day of your life. Hallelujah. You might think the day is so ordinary. I did this. I grabbed my coffee. I have to do this. I have my list. I have so many things to do. But when you put Christ and worship into your day, let me tell you, it will change your day. Amen. Could you imagine if you start, as Sister Vanette said, start your day in your scriptures, have a little bit of worship time. Look what it did for us this morning. Amen. And it puts people on your mind. People you need to touch. You know, the virus loves when, when people touch the virus onto other people. We need to be just as infectious, amen, but with Christ Jesus. And we say, you know what, like I'm going to do later. Mary, i got to talk to you about your husband today because we were so blessed to hear about the testimony of John's life and his name being found in the Lamb's Book of Life and begin to share and infect that Christ-likeness in other people, amen. There's so much we can do to make an ordinary day extraordinary because of the the movement of the spirit amen but do you need to take a spirit moment this is something to think about you know sometimes mcdonald's they put little 
like liners in your tray. If you ever, you know, I used to do a lot of sermon prep and I had this one liner I saved. And for some reason, the liner I had was written in Spanish, but it was okay that day because once in a while, Spanish sounds so much nicer than English. Hence a romance language. And there was this one time, and it said, uh, it said, tómate un, tómate un descanso para probar la suavidad. That's a nice sounding way to say, take a moment to rest and try the smoothness. And as I read that, and this was years ago I did sermon prep, I thought, you know what, this is a This is almost like McDonald's. A Christian must have wrote this. I need to take a moment to rest in God's spirit and just be in his smoothness. Amen? Because sometimes life isn't smooth. But I can take a Holy Spirit-filled moment and rest in him and ride the wave of smoothness in Christ Jesus. Amen? Do you need to take a spirit moment? Do you need to recharge? Do you need to get your spiritual plug back into that socket and find the power source that you need to be recharged with? Amen. Re-energized with God's power. I'll tell you one thing. If the spirit of the living God is on you, then you are his anointed. So we need to live like it. You are his anointed. I have a praise report. It's... It's one of those bittersweet things, I, I'll be honest with you. I had, I had a, a company that's owned by Cartier, very, very famous French jeweler. They called me on Friday. They sent an email to me on Friday. And uh, I, haven't, I, I haven't been so faith-filled recently. There have been moments that I haven't believed that God can do what God can do. So... A couple things had happened. Uh, the week before, I was trying to get my kids uh, enrolled in the Sioux tribe, the, the Native American Sioux tribe, because if they get in, they have access to a lot of college funds eventually and medical, dental, and vision at the Indian Health Services. So many things because I, was, I have been in between positions uh, since I lost that L.A. job. And I sat down, and Pastor Madeline, I'm sure you know very well, said, they're going to get in. And I thought, I don't think they're enough Indian blood. That's what my heart told me. And then lo and behold, I called the tribe and they were in. They got their enrollment numbers and uh, we'll be able to use that for their college education and no co-pays for medical, dental, and vision the rest of their life. And uh, thanks to the Lord and Grandma Joyce. Her mother, uh, my grandma was born on the reservation in South Dakota, so that's awesome. There are enough. But I didn't believe. And the Lord gave it to me anyways. He probably could have blocked me and then just let my reality be, oh, they didn't make it in. I knew it was going to happen. But the Lord went around me. Thank God. But then when I got the email from the, the Cartier group, it's a, it's a French company called Richemont. I had the recruiter reach out to me and I thought, oh, for sure I didn't get this position. Why would the recruiter call me? If I was going to get the position, I'm sure the the president and CEO who I spoke to would have called me herself. It wouldn't have been the recruiter. And Madeline says, no, you got the job. And I thought, nah, if the recruiter's calling me, she's just calling me to tell me, thank you for applying, but we went with someone else. Anyways, I got on the phone with her in front of Pastor Madeline and the recruiter says, congratulations, we want to offer you the position. Will I be back on the strip again? Yes. 
Will I have to put in a lot of hours? Yes, you can pray for me to have balance, okay? <laughs> pray for me to have the balance. The blessing that was such a surprise, though, is they offered me they offered me the same salary that the L.A. job paid in, uh, to the Beverly Hills company, which was such a surprise because I didn't ask for it. This is the Lord almost, I would have to say, giving me a little hand slap. You of little faith. I would have thought, are you guys silly? It's not even the same market. It's Vegas. It's not Beverly Hills. So, a praise report. Like I said, it's a little bit of a 50-50 because I've been on the strip 27 years. Uh, but uh, I'm going to give it a little, I'm going to give it some more time. I'm going to do some more years. But, of course, pray for me because I need balance. I can't go too crazy. If you're a workaholic, you don't have to raise your hand, but I, I, can, I can get into a mode. Pray for balance for me, amen? So, I mention that because the Lord is in so many details when we sometimes don't have the faith. My wife one time, ladies, you might totally identify with this. I'm sure some guys would too. My wife hates to shop without coupons. And I remember one time she went to the grocery store and she was a little upset because she went and she didn't have one. And wouldn't you know, you know, and she gets overcharged all the time. Is that you? Overcharged nonstop. She has to scan her receipts. But anyways, this uh, one time she went to Vaughn's. She pulls out her cart. There's a $10 off coupon right in the cart. So when you live in the year of the Lord's favor, in your mind, you're the anointed. And there should be no surprises. Amen. There should be no surprises. But in the year of the Lord's favor, let's just mention this. When favor is poured out, blessing is poured out. Broken hearts are mended. Addiction, captives are set free. Places of devastation in your life are restored. Things that are ruined in your life are renewed. Mourners are comforted. Darkness is canceled. Prisoners are freed. Church, do you believe it? We should. This is why today can be the day of the Lord's anointing and of His favor. On the day that Christ was on that boat and the, the, the squall came up and they started getting tossed all over the place, a pastor says this about that day. Jesus is in the, and the disciples, they're in the boat, they're crossing the Sea of Galilee. A storm arises suddenly. We're used to storms coming up out of nowhere. Did you see that one on Friday? I think it was when that big monsoon cloud came out of nowhere. Storms suddenly arise, and what happens? Violence hits that boat. Monstrous waves rise out of the sea. Mark describes it like this. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat. And then it was nearly swamped. So imagine yourself. You're in this sturdy vessel, but it's no match for the waves. It plunges nose first into the wall of water. And it dangerously tips the boat until the bow seems to be pointing straight at the sky. A dozen uh, sets of hands join yours in clenching, uh, clenching onto the mast. And all your shipmates, they're all soaked, wide eyes, wet heads. You tune your ear for a calming voice, but all you hear are screams and prayers all around you. And all of a sudden it hits you. Someone is missing. Where is Jesus? He's not at the mast. He's not grabbing onto the edge. Where is he? You turn and you look, and there he is, curled up in the stern of the boat. Jesus is sleeping. 
You don't know whether to be amazed or angry. So you're both. How can he sleep at a time like this? How could he sleep through the storm? And this pastor says, simple. It was absolutely simple because he was in charge of it. He owns every situation. Amen. Jesus got up and he did one thing. Rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down and it was completely calm. The raging water became a still sea instantly, immediately, not a ripple. The waves were his subject and the winds were his servants. The whole universe, his kingdom. Don't you feel better? Hallelujah. What a commanding God we have. That is the favor of the Lord. Even the wind and the waves obey him. And if you are found in the year of that anointing favor, you have the same power. In fact, Jesus says, you'll do greater things. Don't you like greater things? When my boss at Rolex quit to move to New York City, I was his assistant manager. I said, pray for me, man. I want to be a great leader like you were. He says, you'll be a better one. <laughs> Nicest thing anybody's ever said. You'll be better. You'll be greater. Praise the Lord that he says you will do greater things. Don't forget that in the year of the Lord's favor. Our third point is this. This is our last point. Live for heavenly fame rather than for the world's acceptance. Sometimes a lot of people are tempted by this. Live for heavenly fame rather than the world's acceptance. That show fame was like one of the worst on earth. I hated that show. If you remember fame, and they had the dumbest song. Fame, I'm going to live forever. Something about remember my name. That was the worst show. That would, and I think Sarah Jessica Parker was in that show, poor thing. But uh, I remember that show would come on and I thought, that song is just stupid. I cannot stand it. I, did, I never liked that. Did you like that show, honey? Or are you too young for that one? <laughs> what? That's marriage right there. That's marriage in a nutshell. <laughs> Dr. Laura said marriage is like North Pole and South Pole and you got to meet the middle and the equator. <laughs> but live for heavenly fame. That's truly what we should be doing as God's anointed. Amen. Scripture reads, I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I could care less if I made Rolex $30 million a year in Los Angeles. I could care less if I'm going to sell the most amazing jewels at the Wynn Hotel starting in October. The most important thing I want to be known for is that I am a servant and a son of the living God. When I interviewed with the two Italian gentlemen for this company, uh, uh, must have been the previous week, I can't remember which day, I used Pastor Dave's church. And the gentleman, the one gentleman calling in from Milan said, he said, Ryan, if we don't offer you this uh, position, what will you do? And I said, sir, I'm sitting in my church right now. And I have so much to do. There's so much to do in ministry. I am a minister. I went to Bible college, the whole deal. And I said, so, grazie a Dio. Thank God I'm in the Lord's hands. And I thought, you know what? I don't know if he's going to dig that or think, <laughs> what, what kind of store director would this be? I mean, <laughs> 
Have I anointed my doors at, at the store and prayed over my stores before? You better believe I have because I'm a servant of the Most High God. I pray protection over my stores and uh, everything else I could do. But that's what I want to be remembered for. Grazie a Dio. Thanks to the Lord. And uh, I'll tell you, this is what we search for. There was a security supervisor that I used to come visit my store and he used to always say, what's the good word? That was always his gig. He said, what's the good word? And I told him as I worked on Isaiah 61, I said, uh, the word is favor. And he said, come again? I said, the word is favor. I said, you know what God says about favor? And I read to him (laughs) Isaiah 61. And he said, you know what? Ryan, every time I come in here, he says, I feel like there's a touch from the Lord that enters my heart. And he said, my wife and I, we have been contemplating divorce. I haven't been living right. I've definitely been feeling God's conviction. But I know one thing. Every time I come here, you touch my heart for the Lord. And I have to tell you, we're going to go to church, my wife and I, this weekend and start working on reconciling our marriage. That's the infectious favor of the Lord in action. All you have to do as be it. Amen. Be that anointing. Hallelujah. That's what happens in the year of God's favor. If you're a tree, he said, plant like oaks of righteousness. You don't want to be a struggling little bush. Oaks of righteousness, deep roots, strong power, full of splendor. Hallelujah. It's time to spread the year of the Lord's favor, just like those roots of an oak. Hallelujah. Be a blessing to someone today. Call, reach out, pray with Do something awesome for God. Hallelujah. And then we'll be famous in the heavenly realm, which is the most important. Amen. I wanted to mention in closing, there were two little diamonds that I had to test to pass my diamond grading class with the Gemological Institute of America. They give you two stones. The first one was so pretty. It was gorgeous. And I'm writing all my notes down. I kind of... Jotted some of them down here so I could remember. There's so many things you look for in a stone. Brightness, fire, pattern, polish, proportion, symmetry, color, clarity. And then you have to start a plotting chart and see, show people where the inclusions are or lack thereof. So this first little stone I had, it's brightness, very bright. Fire, strong. Everybody loves fire. When you look in a diamond, you see all those flashes of light. Fire, strong. Pattern, The pattern was perfect and pleasing to the eye. The polish was fine. Proportions and symmetry, crisp and orderly. Color, bright white. Clarity, so clean I couldn't even see any visible inclusions. And on my plotting chart, I didn't have much to jot down because it was such a clean stone. Then they handed me a second stone. This poor little thing. (laughs) This poor little thing looked like Looked like an A-bomb went off inside of it. Its brightness, dull, dark. Fire, dead. Pattern, unpleasant. Polish, uneven. Proportions and symmetry, misaligned facets, crooked, the whole deal. Color, heavy brownish tint. Clarity, exploded mess. My plotting chart, an exploded mess. But I made one mistake. I gave it a little nicer grading than I should have. And you know why? It's a precious diamond. I felt sorry for it. It's a precious. At the end of the day, it's still a diamond. And I felt sorry for it. And I have to tell you something. I scored lower on that one. 
But I began to think, as we all do when we're Christians, how often God sees us as an exploded mess and his heart just feels for us and thinks there's so much potential, so much that can be done. And then he ends up taking us as that exploded mess and making us into that beautiful, bright, proportionate, clean, cleansed stone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What an awesome Christ we serve. If you don't mind, I'll finish with someone who was an exploded mess in Scripture. You remember her, the woman caught in adultery. You remember her? Pastor Lucado says, talk about a woman who could make a list. Number one, discrimination. She's a woman. She's a Samaritan. (laughs) Hated by the Jews. Gender bias. Then, not only that, but she's also a divorcee. Not once, not twice. Let's keep counting. Not three times. How about four? How about five? Five marriages failed. And now she's sharing a bed with a guy who won't give her a ring. She didn't know about Beyonce's song back then. He wouldn't give her a ring. Certainly not Samaria's finest woman. And certainly not the woman you'd put in charge of the ladies' Bible class. Which makes it interesting, the fact that Jesus does something even more surprising than make her in charge of the (laughs) ladies' Bible class. He doesn't just put her in charge of the Bible class. He puts her in charge of evangelizing an entire town. Talk about that little stone that I mentioned from the exploded mess one to the beautiful, clean one. He puts her in charge of the proclaiming Christ to the entire town. And before the day is over, the entire city hears about a man who claims to be the Lord. And she says, he told me everything I ever did and left the unsaid obvious. And he loved me anyways. Isn't that what Jesus does? He says, a little rain can straighten a flower stem. A little love can change a life. Who knew the last time this woman would have been entrusted with anything much less the biggest news in history. Listen, today, as we mention this story, you have not been sprinkled with forgiveness, just a little sprinkling. You have not been slightly spattered with God's grace. You are submerged in His mercy and His favor. Amen? Let it change you. See if God's love doesn't do for you what it did for the woman in Samaria. He found her full of trash and he left her full of grace. And that's what happens in the year of the Lord's favor. Hallelujah. That's what happens when God's anointing is poured out on his people and we share that with others that need it. Amen.